Hi, this is Johannes Buzzazi, Managing Director at Fischer Uphild, and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 83 of IP Fridays. First of all, I must apologize. Uh, I have skipped last week's Friday. In my real life, I'm a really busy patent attorney and also father of three. So I just didn't have time last week. Unfortunately, I'm very sorry about that. And I must say I'm very grateful that you are listening. Um, there are so many great podcasts out there and you chose our podcast to listen to. So thank you very much for listening to our podcast, IP Fridays. Thank you very much. Today's interview guest is Johannes Buzzazi, who is the managing director of Fischer Appelt, a content marketing and public relations agency in Germany, one of the biggest agency in this field. But before we jump into the interview, I want to give you some updates of things that happened in the intellectual property world in the last weeks. Paul McCartney has reached a confidential settlement of his lawsuit against Sony. He has sued uh, Sony on January 18th for a declaration that he could reclaim more than 260 copyrights, including for songs credited to him and John Lennon, such as I Want to Hold Your Hand, Yesterday or Hey Jude. The European Patent Office has published the first ever quality report. In this report, the office also documents staff recruit uh, recruitment policies, training, documentation and electronic tools in the patent process and also covers topics such as the EPO's customer service and the early certainty timeliness initiative. As you might recall, the EPO has obtained an ISO 9001 um, certification and is proud of its quality procedures and it is a hot topic in the European Patent Office. As you may also recall is that the staff of the EPO is still on strike on a regular basis. Then I also have two news items for you from the Unified Patent Court. The UK has deposited the documents required to apply for the protocol to the agreement on a Unified Patent Court on a provisional application so that the UK seems to have ratified the agreement. This was published on the website of the UPC on July the 7th on 2017. Another news release on the UPC website dated 27 of June 2017 officially confirms that Germany seems to have added another layer of complexity. Um, a suit has been lodged in the German Constitutional Court concerning the German ratification of the UPCA, the UPC agreement. And unfortunately, this has brought a pause to the German ratification of the UPCA and the protocol on provisional application. However, the chairman of the UPC, Alexander Ramsey, is hopeful that the UPC will 
start their operation soon. He currently assumes that the opt-out procedure will start 2018, followed by the entry into force of the UPCA, so that the UPC will become operational. So let's jump into the interview with Johannes Buzzazi. I am very excited to be joined by Johannes Buzzazi today. If you don't know who Johannes Buzzazi is, he is the Managing Director of Fischer Appelt and the Advertising Unit Furore. Thank you for being on the show. It's great to be here. Thank you. Maybe first you can tell our listeners what Fischer Appelt Furore is doing. Sure. So I, uh, I'm from Fischer Appelt. We are a, a group of uh, seven agencies. We're an independent agency network, if you uh, want to call us that. Uh, we are uh, every agency focuses on a different discipline. So there's an agency for PR, an agency for advertising, one for design, one for strategy, one for event, and one is a film production. And uh, we try to create um, uh, modern, integrated uh, communication campaigns. Um, we are fairly large, so approximately 500 people um, all over Germany in uh, six, um, six offices. And um, yeah, that's, all, that's what we do. It's a pretty multi-channel um, agency setting. Great. Um, today I want to talk with you about brand creation and brand mm -hmm. development um, because that's something that might be most interesting to our listeners who are, some of them are into trademarks and uh, maybe that would be cool for them to hear. So how would you as Fisher Appel start a brand creation process? Are there any steps uh, even before you look into the name? Yes. So uh, we usually don't start with um, uh, legal uh, from a legal perspective. We usually start from a from a perspective from our uh, clients, and they come to us asking they have a need or a pain or a certain problem situation where they want to come up with a problem. And most of the time, they have a pretty clear understanding in which direction they want they want to uh, develop a. Uh, a brand or a naming, and um, what we do is we try to under we try to at first understand our client's perspective on, on the topic and try to get into that field and try to find out what they where they come from, what's their um, organizational need or their their need coming from the inside out. Why do they why do they do what they want to do or why do they want to do what they want to do? And then the second thing is that we look at the market and that's usually done in our strategy department where we screen the competition, where we try to find out uh, what's going on in, in the field right now, what are trends, what are what is it that consumers want, um, are there any uh, any developments right now that we need to incorporate. So try to get a good perspective on, on the other competitors, other brands, other um, other players in that field, and also what are what is it that uh, consumers really want. And then they, we develop a package filled with information and analysis of, of all this and give it to creative people <laughs> who try to uh, really kind of understand the situation and then uh, work on the task. And so this is where we usually try to um, try to have three perspectives on each problem. So there's usually the perspective of the consumer, there's the perspective of our client, and then there's the perspective of the idea. And it's always important to develop uh, our ideas or our names or brands out of these three perspectives because we believe that it's very important to have all these three in line and try to 
make sure that every perspective is part of the solution. And so this is how we how we iterate um, our our uh, process and how we try to to um, to get as close to towards a solution as we can. And then oftentimes after a fairly short amount of time, we try to discuss these thoughts with our clients because it's always much easier to um, to stay in touch with what they're thinking and try to also um, uh, see if we're on the right track and see if that's if that's um, what the direction that they really uh, imagined down the road. Um, and so this is usually this takes two, two three, five uh, steps of iteration to come towards a a solution where we, you know, spin ideas, where we try try out things, where we prototype stuff, and and um, try to get uh, or work us towards a solution. Um, and this is always done in, in with different departments, with strategy people, with creative people, with account people, and also, uh, as I mentioned before, with uh, people from the client side to also incorporate that uh, that perspective. And so it's a trial and error. It's a lot of trying out. It's a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of you know, just doing things and, and writing down things and making long lists of stuff. And I think that's actually a part of the solutions. And that's, I think, very important is it's always about quantity. Um, so it's usually not that you wake up in the middle of the night and say, this is the solution. It's always you have to work really hard and write as many or develop as many um, solutions as possible to try to find the right one. It's usually not the first idea is the best idea, but it's the 200th idea that's the best solution. So you have to work really hard to get towards that. And if it's about names, you have to develop as many names as you can and go really on quantity to uh, to get to a good solution. So once we talk about names, um there are different approaches how to develop names, basically. Um, and you mm -hmm. say you want to develop as many as you can. What yeah. is your approach? How does that work at Fisher Uppet? How do you develop all these name candidates, basically? Yeah. So, um, as I said, it's it's very important to to narrow down the field through analysis, through strategy, to say this is the direction you want to um, to define the. Um, to define the field when it comes where it comes to tonality or things you want to say, also the messaging and all these to just have a very clear strategic understanding of what you want to do. And then once you have, you know, outlined this field where you can work and you have to really just push a button and have as many as creative people as you can to um, to develop different solutions and possibilities and try to come up with a lot of things. And then narrow it down to a short list and then try to debate if these work or not. Right. And once you have uh, like a list of a few candidates, let's say you have yeah. narrowed it down, yeah. then you need to probably do a lot of checks and analysis uh, on these uh, remaining candidates. What what do you usually do uh, at Fisher Appelt? Sure. So there there's a lot of uh, Google actually involved involved in this process then to just try to find out okay has it been used some other is there a competitor using the same thing the same name um, and um, and we use this and some other databases just to to find out if 
it's been used before if there are some infringements there, but um, it's mostly done at this stage, it's mostly done in-house. So at that point, we wouldn't talk to lawyers or we wouldn't talk to um, the legal uh, department from our client side. This is just the first check for us to get a feeling, is there anything obvious there and try to narrow or sort these out that are um, that are directly uh, linked to uh, any other brand or corporation. So that's that's just a very, from a legal perspective, I guess, a very rough uh, screening for us to to look if there's if it's still if the thoughts we have, if the ideas that we have are workable. But this is not about getting a hard legal assessment on the on the ideas. Right. And uh, would you also look at like linguistic things, like if the names mean anything strange sure. in other languages yeah. and these kinds of other checks, let's say? Yes, we do this. If I mean, it always depends on the on the task and the agency set or the, the setting in general. Um, we do these things in uh, with other agencies mostly or with uh, offices like translation offices here in Germany to try to find out if there's a, if there's a problem somewhere but that's mostly done at at a point where the client where the client specifically says okay this is one or two solutions uh, we wouldn't do this if we have already five or six so it's just if we have it narrowed down to a very small number of, of of choices and then say okay now let's really try to find out if there's any um <clears throat> if there's any complications with other languages so uh, mostly the uh, linguistic um, checks are done in uh, closely to the real legal checks when also lawyers all lawyers or the clients lawyers look into um Uh, the legal part of the of these uh, of these names, but that's that's actually pretty far down the road. We wouldn't do this in the first step. It's something that we say, okay, this is really close to a solution. Uh, now let's let's do a check if there are uh, any problems somewhere in a far different country that we have to find out, because that that involves uh, just I mean it involves costs, and so um, clients really uh, do this just towards the end when they're pretty sure that this is a um, this is a good solution for them. Yes, I understand. It's my it's a, the same experience that I made so far. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so then when you check, when you deal with the liability when checking names, um, that seems to be a constant struggle between the agencies and their clients, like who is liable for risks from yeah. the analysis. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a constant, uh, constant discussion we have. Um, I mean, that's our, our lawyer is really fast and uh, if we get a new contract with a uh, from a client that's the first thing we all check is how how do we deal with liability because that's a constant constant debate and my experience is that uh, there is you have to find a practical uh, role a practical uh, way to deal with that because there's there um, you can never especially if you're that early in the this kind of or if you start a brand creation process it's very important for us not to have that many stop signs so it's very important just to have uh, have a wide horizon and to really have all the opportunities out there 
and not to constantly uh, stop and check. So it's very important for us to have a flow in the creation of things. But sure, when once we're in the uh, once we talk to clients, it's, it's a constant issue. We have to always um, always think, come up with with a compromise here because um, liability is important, and we understand our clients want uh, want to have the uh, least risk that's possible but it's also a matter of uh, of uh, costs again and so we always try to come up with a pragmatic approach so we um, most of the time we agree on um, on a first search and uh, some databases on some like a google search and then we would uh, we would recommend a in-depth um, legal uh, research but um, we we can't because we can't uh, start from the very beginning, and we can't uh, can guarantee a worldwide uh, worldwide uh, liable uh, solutions all the time. So we can we have to find a pragmatic way here, and uh, this is always this is always an issue, and we have to always uh, talk to our clients and their legal departments and try to come up with a good good pragmatic solution that's that you know that gives us the freedom and the development that gives us uh, that's cost wise interesting for both parties and but that's also ensuring that we find uh, the problems whenever there should be a problem right um when you launch a new product for a client um what in your opinion is uh, important when launching the new product with a new name and what would be the the core takeaways for our listeners from your experience? You mean um, what's important concerning the name in itself, or the yeah, and positioning the the new brand in the market, mm. and uh, what do you do before the launch, during the launch, after the launch? What are the the most important, let's say, things that to consider, or what do you see as the most uh, difficult things, or the biggest mistakes other people make that you see them make or <laughs> like you you launched a lot of products uh, and new brands into the market and maybe you you gained a lot of experience during doing that mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's always an art to do to do a good launch because you have to um it's not um you have to do some testing and you have to um you have to try to minimize the risk as much as you can but it's never a risk-free task and uh it's never something you com can completely um steer through there's always something that you know that that you can foresee and um and there's always something that you can test and i think it's very important um for professionals who do a, 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 a or who launch a new product to um to have a good, not just tests and not just, you know, uh, rational arguments, but also to have a good gut feeling. Um, because in, in a way, what we do is we have a creative product or a naming or anything we do is still, it's still got to do something with humans. And it's not, not something that you can completely understand or that you can have a complete rational argumentation behind everything. I'm, I mean, it's very important to have this argument behind it, they have a rationality behind it, but it's also, there's always 10% that is, that you can't argue about or that you, that you can't, it's just 
so uh, it's something that you have to feel. And I think that's very important for agencies and clients to, um, to take that risk. And I, I'd say the good agencies and the clients who know how to do a good launch, they all weren't afraid to take this leap and um, really do something that's you know has a little emotion or something to that that you can't explain. That's just you know a little magic. And uh, I think that's our business is to do magic and to to create things that resonate with people. And and that's something that you always have to you know risk every time you do that. And so I don't know. It's something that um, that's part of the job that's very exciting, and that's also part of the job that's very uh, frightening because you can't completely control it. And I know that's probably for your listeners who are um, uh, lawyers. It's not I don't know if that's totally scary because you know there's uh, I, I suppose it's a lot about uh, having control over things and and kind of you know being in charge of things. But a creative product in the end is always I don't know has little has to have this magic and that's something that you can't explain and that you have to have that feeling for or that you want to go for and that's so you have to try and then i think that's that's part of the part of the job well i think as a lawyer i think uh, brands are all about emotions about 90 percent of the brand is just emotion and nothing rational to it or <laughs> a lot of times um i think i see the the job of the lawyers just to um give the uh, basically give the vehicle to to launch the brand but uh, the agency's job is how to really create the brand yeah. and live the brand and bring it to life and position it in the market and so on. That's all about emotions and not yeah. so much about rational decisions or something. No, no, that's what I mean. I mean, you have to, in, in order to come up with a, with a choice or with an idea, you have to have, there has to, have, has to be a rational analysis so you have to give a lot of thought into it and you have to and you can also do testing and you can talk to uh you know uh do a study on how if it works with the target groups or not but in the end like you said, i'm i think it's like you say it's totally about doing something irrational and creating an emotion and that's i think that's always a leap of faith to actually do that Right. Um, and then once the new brand is launched, um, that needs good care and tender and development. And, uh, so what would be your advice, advice to, um, to clearly position a brand uh, among a lot of competitors in a competitive environment? Uh, mm -hmm. What would be, uh, and probably you also had a lot of lessons learned in this uh, field. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure. Of, of course, you have to have a good product or uh, some unique selling proposition that's really, it's got to be, you know, you have to have something good or a good benefit or good promise for the, for the consumer so they, they can access your product or your service or whatever. So that's, I mean, that's basic. But once you have a good brand and once you want to position it, I think one of the most important things you have to have is attitude. You have to have an attitude of how you want to communicate. You should be, you know, it should have some strength and you one shouldn't be too shy about things. So I think it's a good standpoint or a good point of view on how to do things and to be uh, ambitious in the communication and be ambitious in how to play the field and how to play out the brand. That's very important. And just to to really push 
brands and to push the communication. That's, that's I think, very important. Right. All right. That has been a very uh, fascinating, interesting interview uh, for our listeners, I guess, because uh, they rarely hear from the agency side. Um, they always just are amongst the lawyers and uh, they don't get much <laughs> feedback from the agency. So I think that was very helpful. If right. people wanted to reach you and learn more about you, where could they, where could they find you? Sure. Go, uh, head to uh, fisheruppert.com uh, or de and uh, send, send us an email. You can find our contact dates on the, on the website. Yes, I will include a link to your website in the show notes. Perfect. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot. Great talk. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.